Good afternoon. Hello. Sorry, it wouldn't connect. It's all right. I'm just going to introduce you to the audience because it started recording. So, um, well, yeah, welcome to the podcast. Um, My guest this week, uh, especially for LGBTQ History Month, is a very old friend of mine, Katie. And I met Katie when we both worked at a very large training provider. Uh, Both of us were in education. And what I thought we'd talk about on this podcast is the difference between me coming out in uh, 1984 in education and Katie coming out when she did and when she worked in an educational setting and and what differences we've experienced. So, Katie, do you want to introduce yourself and your background? Um, Yeah, so I used to work in retail. I've been in education for over just over a decade now um and yeah me and jill met um seems forever ago (laughs) um i've worked in several different education field sectors and jobs so i've got quite a mixed bag of experience from a lgbtq point of view so when you first start working in a new educational setting how do you kind of introduce yourself? Um, I've, I used to be quite sort of, not shy about the fact, but not, not just not mention anything. If nobody asks me, because when you first start a new job, it's the usual. Have you got a husband? Have you got kids? Have you got a dog? Do you have a house? And <laughs> I, I kind of used to purposely remove myself from that, that type of conversation because it was almost embarrassment to say, oh, I like girls sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas now, within about eight seconds of meeting you, I've probably mentioned my wife. And I, I make a... Probably con- several times, I would say. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> it's a it's a conscious effort to say my wife as well, because yeah. I've, I'm empowered by that. I'm not, I'm, I'm no, I no longer have that shyness around it um and it, it probably took a long time to, to to get to get here absolutely i mean I, I can remember when i first my very first day at uh, a college in a college setting and i kind of walked into the staff room and was absolutely petrified it was 1985 september uh, and i remember it so well i arrived in the area about three or four weeks before and really, as a new teacher at the college, I should have gone in and uh, met everybody before. But I put it off and off and off until the first day of the term. And I did not come out at that time. Um, I just, like you, avoided any conversations to do with my home life. At that time, I was single. Um, and I was 26. So I was a lot younger and a lot more naive, I suppose, even though I'd been through a fair bit by then. Yes. I think the the scariest bit was um, walking into the first classroom. Did you feel like people, your your students were going to sort of figure you out and that was it? They were were going to figure you out and therefore they weren't going to listen to a word you said and be disrespectful? 
I, it wasn't that the weren't going to listen to a word I said or disrespectful. I was actually scared because if they worked out that I was a lesbian, then they had something on me. Yeah. Um, and if we go back to those times, especially the seventies, then in quite a few professional settings and including things like the armed forces, you know, it was, it was blackmailable. It was, it was possible to actually get what you wanted from somebody purely because of you, you had the power to out them and their sexuality. So yeah, I was pretty scared. I was making, I mean, I can remember physically getting up that morning and putting makeup on because I didn't want to be figured out. Uh, wearing a skirt because I didn't want to be figured out. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a very scary experience. The first time you walked into an educational setting, what were you feeling? Um, I think for me it was it was a mixed bag because I remember I worked at a different provider obviously before we met, yeah. and during my interview I'd done that shadow another assessor for a day to see if it's something I liked, and she'd obviously cottoned onto something during that time because when I got the job um that sort of first day in the office I I mentioned um sort of being a lesbian without saying those exact words and you have to say it let me in because that's how my mum used to say yeah it. And, um, <laughs> don't, don't say the word I remember looking up and this this group of women looking at me like ah yes you were right we we, we were right and then <laughs> Then I almost felt like, well, am I your new mascot? Um, just c considering a, a, a podcast you'd done earlier on Jill about being a mascot. Um, but when Absolutely. I when I was first in education and dealing with adults, you kind of learn very early on these people aren't your friends, and you have to have that level of professionalism because of safeguarding. Yeah, absolutely. And I was always terrified of. Am I am I a safeguarding issue? Is my sexuality a safeguarding issue? And that that was very difficult. And I I don't think I actually talked to anyone about that at the time, um, because I thought, well, if, if if it's an issue, they they they'll bring it up with me. And you know, a lot of my old learners are now friends and have been friends for sort of mm. 10, 12 years. Um, but it's very difficult to have a relationship as a teacher, trainer, or other, and not no personal details about each other because you have to have that level of trust and yeah, again I think right. I think over the years as I've become a lot more comfortable with who I am um you know me and my wife have been together nearly nine years now um it's it that that probably has helped with with the whole kind of scenario of it all and I've had learners in the past who and anyone listening to this that works in education will know you have to cover equality and diversity questions and embedding and that sorts of things and I know I've had learners where I've mentioned at that time I had a girlfriend or I've asked them about LGBT and their whole body language and shift has been awful and you could, Absolutely. you could tell they felt uncomfortable and kind of the rest of their program I shared away shied away from those questions because I almost felt that that was a personal attack on me was 
you don't want to talk about LGBT because you don't agree with it. Well, actually, you don't agree with me sat here right now. And and that's always been difficult in education. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, again, I can only talk from going back to the 80s is I can very, very clearly remember walking up the corridor one morning and two girls behind me saying, I'm sure Mrs. Eleza. (laughs) (laughs) And it was said so that I could hear it. Um, And then the question came, Miss, Miss, are you a Leza? And trying to answer that question was very difficult without becoming aggressive. I can remember that having to really control my emotions. Um, we got over it. <laughs> it's one of the more difficult areas of uh, areas of coming out in in education. I suppose is is your learners. But I had similar experiences with the staff. Yeah. And the, the funniest one was, I think, about four or five weeks after people had worked out that uh, I was gay. I worked with a lady, very nice lady, who taught housekeeping. And uh, we were in the staff room. There was only us in the staff room. Um, and she said, do you know what, Jim? She said, I really actually don't mind being left on my own with you. And I said, what on earth? Do you think I'm going to do? Pounce on you in the staff room and, you know, ravish you during break. And it was that sort of attitude that, you know, everybody was fair game to me. Every If you were female, you were fair game. I think... You know, it, it, go on. I was going to say, sorry, I think, um, I think I've, I've never experienced that myself within education. Um <laughs> So I've, I've probably been quite lucky there. However, on a night out or with people that don't know me very well, yes, I have experienced that same thing. Yeah, it, it, I think in those days, in, in the 70s, it was very much, you know, that. I mean, any comedian on the television who was gay, who was male, who was, was extremely camp. Yes. Any female that was suspected of being gay was extremely butch. And miserable. And they were, yeah, and very miserable, yeah, and wore sensible shoes and uh, all the rest. But I was probably vegetarian. But that aside, you know, it was that stereotyped thing. If you're left on your own in the room with a lesbian, you're going to get ravished. And there's no two questions about it. No matter what you look like, no matter who you are, doesn't matter what your politics are, as long as you're female, Away we go. And I was really hurt by that remark. I remember being really, don't mind being left on, in a room on my own with you. You know, it kind of made me feel like some sort of sex monster. Yes. You know. <laughs> but, uh, that was another interesting moment in my early years in education. The other one was I was out, I was out in Manchester uh, in Canal Street in, uh, in a club having an absolute ball um, on a Saturday night. And I got a tap on the shoulder and turned around and this little boy said, I am miss. <laughs> oh, no, that's all I need. And it was a girl out of one of my second year chef uh, groups. And uh, I kind of said, hi, uh, I'll change your name. Hi, Julie. 
And she said, hi, a mess, have you pulled? <laughs> and I thought, I've got to teach this girl next week. What the hell? How the hell do I approach that? And it would never, ever mention it again, ever. That was it. I suppose it's, that it's a, a credit to you, though, that she felt comfortable enough to come over and, and say hi to you. You know, she yeah. might have thought, <laughs> my God, my, you know, my teacher's gay and, and, and this career is fine. She knows gay. I am. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think the differences have been then from when I when I started? 30 years between us. There's 30 years of uh, age between us. What do you think the biggest differences have been? I think because there's a lot more conversation and there's a lot more conversation with sort of from teenagers upwards now because we have a lot more in the media we have as you've said in a previous podcast we have more representation on tv shows and i think it's important for people to understand how how much us having representation in the media um actually supports supports us um because without yeah. it we'd still be seen as this kind of abnormal unhuman type of person whereas now because we're in you know people have gay tv characters and things like that it, it's something that people have grown up with um Absolutely. so i think within sort of learner setting it's got a lot easier um yeah. i think within organizations you know we all have those wonderful we are only asking you this because we need to for data collection purposes and it still makes me laugh <laughs> these days that you have to put it down um and i think it's i feel I don't feel going for a job anymore and writing, you know, ticking that box that says gay, lesbian, bi or homosexual, I think is, is, is one that's still used quite a lot. I don't feel any longer now that that will prevent me from getting a job, whereas 10 years ago I probably did. And certainly from your experience, if you'd had to tick that box 30 years ago, I don't think you'd have even been looked at with your CV. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I wouldn't have even been considered due to not they didn't have safeguarding then, but it would have been due to uh, child safety issues. <laughs> I would imagine. I think I think there's um, a lot more acceptance probably. I think there's still a way to go, just like with anything. Um, yeah. But are the are the people that have a way to go working in education? I'd like to think not. There are still some. I think there's still some that have a way to go that work in education. I really do. I think um, uh, it's, been quite, it's been quite nice this week because I'm working with a, um, an adult education team at the moment which, who are absolutely super. And they've run a drag race this week on, on, on the media. So everybody in the team has either sent a video or a photo of themselves in drag. Uh, and... Not many people have shied away from it, and it's been really eye-opening that they've, they've they've got in there. And it, it's for LGBTQ History Week, mm. and I can't imagine anything like that happening, even when you started, and in, and certainly not when I started. Um, I mean, it wasn't that long before I started in education that the, it was the first Pride Walk. Yeah. Um. So I remember going on that. And I thank you, <laughs> and I thank you for that, Jill. Because <laughs> that's, a, that's oh. allowed me 30, you know, 10, 20, 30 years on 
to be able to do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, both of us, um, we've talked about it quite a lot when we uh, saw each other quite a lot. Um, but we both of us have had weddings. Yeah. Um, mine was a civil partnership. I think yours was a wedding, wasn't it? We, we were. We, we managed to, it was the year... Um, I'm just going to say marriage because, you know, gay marriage. I have a gay marriage and yeah. a gay house and a gay yeah. front door. Um, with, uh, gay hedgehogs. Yes, um, the, um, the, it was supposed to go through in the August and it actually got put through in the March um, of 2014. So we, we were able to get married in, in June. And I will just mention that Katie got married at Chester Zoo. What a lovely, fantastic place to get married. Highly recommend and, it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> highly, when it reopens. Yes. Um, I got married on February the 4th. Well, I got civil, civilly partnered on um, February the 4th in 2005, six, six. <laughs> which was not long after civil partnerships had uh, been introduced in this country. And uh, we were the first gay couple to get married in Rochdale Town Hall. And it was so funny because I, I went in, I had to go in with the registrar. Uh, it was assumed that I, I was the husband part of this partnership. <laughs> so I had to go in and chat to the to the registrar and he said, it's my first time, you know. <laughs> and I kind of looked at him and smiled and said, do you know what? It's mine as well. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't remember Joan's date of birth and I said oh please don't tell her <laughs> I remembered it eventually but it was just nerves but uh, yeah we desperately wanted to convert it to a, a marriage certificate and will do when all of this is, mm. is over so there's a there's an excuse for a big as if we need one Bill. Um, <laughs> as if we need one but yeah I think things have, have, were very different when I started to I think we made a lot of progress to when you you started. But I still think 2021 now, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, we've still got a flipping long way to go. Yeah, like I said, I think I think you hit the nail on the head when we say, I've got a gay marriage. No, I've got a marriage. It's, yeah. it's until yeah, we start. You, you, one of your other podcasts, yeah. you talked about a lot about terminology and words that are used. and Yeah. I, I, I want to live in a society where people don't have to come out. It's, I'm with a boy, I'm with a girl. Whether that for some people yeah. changes week on week. Who, who, who you love or who you're married to or who you have sex with shouldn't be a ticky box on a form anymore. And I, I, I think Absolutely. until that happens, um, I think we've still got a long way to go. We still have. I mean, it's exactly the same um, in other prejudices because why on earth would you say, well, I've got a black friend or yeah. I've got an Asian friend. I've got a friend, yeah. which you know, is brilliant. So I, I think whatever we do in our community, in our LGBTQ community, should mirror what's happening across communities. And we're all, we're all people at the end of the day. And we all have something to offer. Um, whether we're gay, straight, black, green, orange, purple, uh, non-binary, which I really love. <laughs> I really love that idea. Um, it just doesn't matter. 
I think I think with with me, it's just we're all members of the human race, and yeah, as long absolutely. as what makes you happy isn't hurting someone else or hurting other people, not because of their own prejudice, but because you know mm. it's a it's something you're doing that's making a conscious effort to hurt yeah. people. Then what does it, why does it matter? It just shouldn't matter at all. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And I would like to say thank you for that's coming. Okay. On. Um, it's been a really interesting chat. It's been a long time since I've seen you due to all this carry on. And hopefully we'll be able to get together for a proper chat after it's all over. As long as, long as you're cooking, Jill, absolute... that's fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be cooking. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Katie. Thank you thank for letting you me on. Thank you so much. My, my pleasure. Hopefully, hopefully we can do this yep. again. Give me a shout. Yeah, I'll think of a, I'll think of a topic. Might be non-binary. You never this know. This is true. Yeah, Eddie is hard forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to close right. now. So thank you very much and give my love and to And mine to Joan. Will do. Bye. Bye, love.